Welcome to Hollywood 2.0. This is Peter Katz. On today's show, I'm going to speak with Annie Lukowski and BJ Schwartz. They are filmmakers who run a virtual reality production company called Vanishing Point, where they're focused on telling stories in a brand new medium. We don't have thousands of hours like we do with TV watching and movie watching to see emotionally if it hits you right. We have to shoot it, look at it, and be like, oh, yeah, this is going to last. This shot needs to linger because otherwise emotionally it doesn't work. And it's that kind of work that, that's been rewarding, but also you know, you're, it's, you're constantly discovering things that are simply emotionally true in terms of saying like that worked and that didn't, but not necessarily being able to even describe, you know, you can't quantify it in a num- with a number. It's just pacing, you know? Yeah, I, I almost find the more you talk about VR and the more you strategize and plan with it in a very cerebral nature, the worse it's gonna be. I <laughs> um, find we're like, we just throw some ideas out there, we test a bunch of things, and even if we're just testing it with, you know, the receptionist and, and, and talking and it's daytime and it's none of the sequences and it's just like, did you go to the grocery store today? No, I did not go to the grocery store today. You know, those kind of just simple, simple tests, really, that's what's helpful. Sitting and, and talking, you know, it's it's good to, to, to do that, but getting near the camera, not behind the camera, uh, is very, very important. And then the other thing I'd just say as a general, sort of like if you're just looking for a touchstone um, of the kind of challenge, um, and inserts are a great example um, in a more general way. I mean, if you want somebody to understand that they need to look at a note and the content of the note, and this goes back to using actors rather than camera, you can't cut to their eyes and then cut to the note. But you can have someone cross the room, walk to the note, look at it, and with their body let you know that the note is important. And with you know, the way they respond to it. And if there's two people on, you know, who are in the room, having two people come to an object and look down at it and, you know, figuring out, of course, you know, that that's an extra challenge because all of that activity, of course, has to be 100% natural. You have to figure out justifications for all of it. But if you want something to be important in the frame in VR, nine out of 10 times, you're going to have to make the actor somehow tell the viewer that it's important. The camera's going to have a harder time doing it. So you can't be reliant on all the techniques from other mediums. That's very true, too. Certainly. I mean, I, I kind of, I love the idea Annie and I were talking about the other day of actually doing something that would be almost like a dogma film. Or, or no, I guess it wouldn't be a dogma film, but there was there was a movie called, um, uh, what was, uh, Nicole Kidman was in a movie that was, it was about? basically like, no, it was like a, a, a theatrical performance um, filmed. Uh, they, they did it like it was a black box. But in any event, the idea of um, doing a, uh, a VR piece that was done like theater so that there were spotlights, <laughs> you know, and there were, you know, where, where you could use all the conventions and so that you'd be basically inside a stage play. Um, Almost like a Baz Lutheran movie. Yeah, yeah. And it would be very, um, I think that would be very cool to see. And also it would be very instructive about like the differences but yeah, I mean, you really do have, um, you really do, we have to, you know, develop uh, uh, as, you know, new ways and also, again, rely on old ways. Again, going back to, I say that, you know, it's it's definitely not theater, but, you know, blocking is something that people tend to associate more with theater and stuff like that. And, you know, again, using the actors to tell you what to look at, that's the, that's the biggest thing. I, I also think a, a big 
um, hurdle that we have right now is there's almost two different types of viewers. We have the novice and then the veterans. People who have just seen VR for the first times are going to be a lot less into the story. They want to look at VR, right. not a horror piece, not a comedy, not anything in particular. So they're going to be spending most of their time looking around, getting acquainted with the space, getting acquainted with the language, and familiarizing yourself with what is this and just how cool is it that I'm suddenly at a beach or I'm in a jungle or uh, I'm at on an on a airfield. So uh, then you've got the people who they've seen it before. You know, they've been to a couple conventions, they bought a headset, they've got a Google Cardboard, and they now want to be immersed in a story. So sometimes somehow you have to marry both of those people and you have to take them down the journey uh, that is the, the learning curve that is VR. Yeah, I, I think that's, it is one of the things that we're always trying to not fight is and understand is that this, you know, it's not just that we're new to this technology, it's also this technology is new, this medium is new and most people who are walking up to it are very unsophisticated with it. So that you have to, in a sense, you know, we, uh, you have to take them by the hand give them time to look around, for instance, in the opening shots so that they can do that part before the story kicks in, for instance. Understanding that there's going to be that adjustment. Um, and, and right now, because it's their first experiences with VR, if they watch something and they don't like it, they're going to take off the headset and say, oh, I don't like VR, versus wearing, watching, it, watching a TV show and being like, oh, I don't like the new you know, Breaking Bad or the new Bachelorette. How dare you? <laughs> I know, I love the new that. Breaking Bad. <laughs> okay, sorry, the new Bachelorette. Um, and uh, nobody blames, you know, the television for right. for Bachelorette, even though maybe they should. Um, but, uh, but they will. They'll say, like, ah, maybe I don't like VR. And it's like, no, you just saw this one piece that didn't work, and it's people are still experimenting. Just give it some time. So I, I think that's why it's so important that we all respect our audience when we're shooting something. It's like someone who designs an app or a website. Are you familiar with onboarding? The term is uh, basically as soon as you get to this experience, it's what's the f first way to guide somebody from point A to point B, these uh, experiences. When somebody watches a film or a TV show, they don't have that. They know exactly how to consume it. So I think it's the combination of understanding the novelty and also the narrative. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I like that. Onboarding is a, it's a great... It's a great term to have in the quiver uh, of words to describe what we're trying to do. I, because it is, it's true, even down to, and I think that this is something that's always a fascinating discussion with VR, is this question about, like, does it have to be first person? Or will people always be looking for their body when they're in this, you know, in the headset? And uh, Annie and I are firmly of the opinion that it not, no, that, you know, once people become, once you show people that, there's a possible possibility of either being a fly on the wall or an atom in the air, if you will, um, in in a room with characters that you no longer will say, "Oh, who am I in this room?" It's just a different form of, you know, you know, witnessing a story that that doesn't need to be first person. Um, but people disagree on that, and what, you know, one of the things that we experiment with in some of our um, and some of the stories that we're developing is, you know, starting people in a first-person perspective, decidedly first-person, and that idea of, like, looking down and seeing your body, and then having a moment where you get knocked out of that and realize you're not anymore, and in that process of the storytelling, you know, 
without even knowing it, we've onboarded them as you, you know, you're putting it to the, to the idea that, oh, yeah, now I'm third person. I didn't even think about that. And I think that it's, uh, it's just it's a very interesting uh, uh, time to be playing with this medium. On the recent panel that you're on, you recommended watching the film Jaws with the sound off before you go off and direct a VR project. Mm-hmm. What was the rationale behind that recommendation? Uh, when it comes down to blocking, I think that Mr. Spielberg does amazing job with that. It, there's one scene in particular that I think, and it's um, the scene where the mayor tries to convince the, the Rice Schneider to keep the beaches open. It, and there's a lot of wonners in that entire film. Um, he shot it on on a budget, which is impressive. And uh, and since obviously VR is is likewise a lot of wonders and things like that. It's important to see how those are mapped out. And it's not like the crazy Scorsese or um, the uh, Birdman wonders where you choreograph forever, but this is just a simple scene. Uh, but it's it's great because there's just this dance. I mean, I call it choreography because uh, for me, it's beyond blocking where the, the three of them are in this tight-knit conversation where at one point the mayor's winning, then the cop's winning, then the scientist's winning, and they sort of, they, they walk up to their close-up and then they walk back to, you know, so actually in it, what I love about Spielberg in his early films is that he actually, for the more important shots, when the guy was really landing, uh, like a, a turning point in the scene, they would step back and go, and the frame would widen out. Uh, and it, it just had that weight and heaviness to it. And um, I think that translates so well. So we, you know, I mean, that's a movie that I just watch on a regular basis just from my own education. And I think it's something that people should really keep in mind. Yeah, and I think that that scene is like, it, it is absolutely like uh, paradigmatic. That's not the right words. And, and it's and it's pretentious. So let's not use that word. But it's, it's it, 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 it is exemplary of, the kind of work that you that really does work well in VR when you have people, as Annie says, literally like dancing and changing you know, strength positions in the frame, and they're doing it. It's the interplay between the characters and the blocking that's that's um, that's both keeping us interested and telling us about the story and uh, uh, advancing the plot, whereas the camera is relatively still compared to uh, a lot of other, you know, um, and also the editing is relatively calm. Yeah. Um, but there's still an incredible amount of action on the screen, and Spielberg is a master of that that kind of, um, well, he's, I mean, almost every type of filmmaking, he's a master of it. But so, yeah, I mean, it, it is a great film for that. What lessons have you learned recently? This is something we noticed right away, but it's one of those things that you learn, but you don't really appreciate until you keep on working in the, in the medium, and that's how important contrast is making sure that you don't keep all your characters at the same frame size. What oftentimes happens for people is that basically every major character is between four and six feet away from the camera. So that means everybody is basically the same size in the, in the frame. And that just doesn't really work. Right. You need to have contrast. Somebody needs to be further away and somebody needs to be closer. And then where closer is and where further is, is so hard. You have to shoot and keep on shooting uh, because, first of all, we're, we're working with the, the GoPro cameras. So the, the lens, is, it's, a very, you know, it's a very wide lens and we're dealing with that. And so where you're actually physically blocking them when you're shooting versus the, the frame size, it's so different, so unnatural from what you put the camera at that it, 
takes a moment to get used to it. And then B, how much they're going to see. Like, you want to make sure that they can, you can see the two characters, so you can see their interactions, but you want to make sure that they're not too far away, that they go muddy and you can't make out their expressions. Obviously, you can't be too close because you're going to have all sorts of stitching issues. So how do you play and dance in that particular space without keeping everybody on the same plane? Yeah, I, and I think I'd add to that definitely. It's, it's the sense of presence of really being in a space that you get from, that you can achieve from VR is dependent on two things. It's both the, the grandness of a space that you're in, that sense of, oh my God, it's all around me. And people really do rely heavily on that. But it's the contrast of, you know, when you're in a space, yes, it's all around you, but you're very close to the person you're talking to. And the intimacy of that interaction, you know, allied with the fact that it's possible to look around and see the entire room. It really is, it really does enhance the experience to, to capture an intimate, very close interaction between people and with the, getting the camera, very, you know, relatively close to people, closer than a lot of other people are doing it, we found, so that uh, there is that sense of a, a, a real connection to the subject and then also the sense of presence from looking around the space. I mean, a good example of this might be, for instance, like if you were filming a, a late night, doing a late night talk show, you were filming it. You could film it from the audience um, and from on stage and have a camera in both places and have people sort of have that general um, experience of being in the space and you'd feel like what it's like to be in the space. But if you had, you know, Conan O'Brien on stage and at the off moment somebody next to you laughs loudly and you look over and Andy Richter's sitting next to you and you turn and make eye contact with him and then he, during this bit that we do, is leaning over and telling you how funny it is the whole time. And you can look towards Conan on stage and then look back at Andy Richter and be have this intimate relationship with Andy Richter and then with the Conan O'Brien you're like oh this really is I'm here this is the Conan O'Brien show like that is so much richer than just plopping somebody into an experience and because it you need to have that that sense you know like you go to a show with somebody you know and it's that kind of connection as I mentioned I work in comedy and we have this expression called the pinch in the ouch and I learned the pinch in the ouch and essentially somebody pinches you and then you say ouch and if and you really don't know how hard they pinched you until you hear how loud the ouch is. So if they go ouch, it's you know not that bad of a pinch. When they go ouch, you're like, ow, that was a bad pinch. Right. So it's oftentimes not the shot, but the reaction shot that gives you the full information of what's happening in the story. So having Andy Richter or having heroin who leads you through the story or just having, you know, you always have to have one straight person in every comedy. You can have seven clouds, but you need to have one guy that says, okay, everybody else is a clowns and I'm, right. you know, I'm playing, uh, I can, I'm calling everything for what it is. That's how the audience can connect, whether you call it the through character, whether you call it the ouch, whether you call it the straight man. Uh, it's been around in comedy forever, and you definitely need that in VR because people need to know what they're looking at. Right, and I think that the reason that that's really we're saying with VR in a very major way is because, again, we come back to that idea that everything's first person. And if you take and you, you make it first person, meaning you rob somebody of the, the context of a character near, near camera who is the character you identify with, not necessarily you, you rob them of the ouch. So you can show somebody pinch your character. You could build a body out of VR space and have a graphical body or a dummy or a person that you somehow film, and you can see the pinch, but 
there's no way to know how hard that pinch was made. And so we really are interested. We always have been interested in stories. It's the very rare story that's written, you know, the rare novel that that's written in the second person. <laughs> you know, you are blank. And it, when it's done, it's great. It's a gimmick, though. And I sort of feel that ultimately VR will be a medium that requires the ouch just as much as any other. And what genres do you feel poured over to this new medium better than others? I think that, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I think people are going to teach us that in the coming months and years because it, it's so funny. I think I haven't gotten a chance to see it yet, but I love Paul Shear. And apparently he just came out with a VR experience that is, I mean, it's it just, you just have to think about what is it that works in this space. And apparently in that, that VR experience, the question is who farted? <laughs> so you're looking around for who farted and it's supposed to be hysterical. And it's sort of, you know, that is funny. And, you know, finding out what's funny about the VR space you know, also, again, for the unsophisticated audience early on and then later for sophisticated audiences, I think it's going to be something that we're going to be discovering, like what works better and what doesn't. But I don't know that there's any genre that won't work well in VR. I mean, I think that it's just a question of figuring out what the, you know, again, putting the headset on and saying like, oh, I laughed at that. That works as comedy in VR. If you're going to talk to somebody who is new to VR, what would be the project that you'd tell them to try out? Just to toot our own horn, we're about to release Stan Lee's Kamikaze. So we did uh, a great show for them about being at his Comic-Con, and it's um, it's a lot of fun. So we, I definitely think you have to see that one. That's right. If you like cosplay, <laughs> now you'll, it, it's, it's, I think it's turned out it's been um, – we're proud of the, the – the experience that we've given it and the showing people what a great party that was. And it's kind of a fun party to put, put on your head. Um, I also – I would tell everybody that – you know, the, the first thing I'd say that people have to try to do is find the um, uh, Paul McCartney. Oh, yes. And uh, it's just great to that, you know, witness a concert and get the, that feeling right off the bat. And again, that's the perfect. Paul McCartney and Jaunt did, um, uh, I think it was, it was actually Paul's last concert at Candlestick Park. Right. Uh, it's it's a great it's great. They've got a camera next to, next to him at the piano. There's one right by the pyrotechnics. One in the audience. They jump around between them. It's it's really truly is a great experience. And it's uh, and it gives you and again it's it's a perfect first experience because it gives you that sense of presence. And you know you're free. Just look around. It's not you know this is like this is the promise of this. And then I would I I really do love uh, I I couldn't recommend highly enough uh, out of New Deal Studios the mission as a uh, if you can get your hands on the full thing there's I think the trailer is online um, and that'll give you a sense that like this is a you know they're 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 pushing the genre and that you can really see that this is going to be a cinematic experience uh, which is it's a World War II story yeah Matt Gratzner uh, directed that and I mean he did this piece. Right at the very beginning. I mean, over about a year and a half now. Uh, actually, probably longer than that. Yeah, he made it. And um, they dropped the camera uh, out, out, not out of an airplane. I don't even know what they dropped it out of. But, I mean, it comes it comes parachuting down. Yeah, you parachute down at the He's beginning of tanks. that and land. I mean, it, it was yeah. great. It really, he thrust you right into the action. And then uh, I, I think that there's a great haunted house ride that's on Verse uh, called Catatonic that we, I'd recommend. We do have to do this disclaimer. There's... The content is not exactly our favorite. Um, <laughs> me personally, uh, it's pretty graphic. Um, it's definitely sexually graphic, and uh, so I just want to warn you that it's not for. It's a haunted house, and it's got a little bit of grossness in it. Yes, yeah. but um, that being said, it's it's it, it's a fully immersive world that takes you into this 
journey. Uh, they they edit. They have some pacing shifts. It, you know, it starts off slow creep. It gets moving faster. It's in your face. It's using the 360 well because it's not distracting. And very good 3D. Which and is very good 3D. Yeah. So I mean, those would be the ones that. And then I'd always say that the I can't I I'm blanking on the name of it right now, but the the beach experience um, on Verse Milk. There's uh, there's uh, uh, there's uh, an experience that is you, you witness a romance um, in its various stages, and it actually what you're seeing and what you're hearing depends on where you choose to look. So you sort of hear things from different people's different points of view, uh, depending on where you look in the frame. Um, and it's, uh, let's just call it the beach experience on Verse. It's by um, Milk, Chris Milk. Um, and I can't, I, I can't remember the name of it right now, but it's, it's very interesting. And then I'd say that, you know, with the, all of that in tow, that, you know, it's, it's so early in the, the medium that one of the stars of all of this is, is the absence of a truly robust, robust narrative yet that anybody has made that is just incredible storytelling in this space yet. I mean, it's, it's so early that um, it's not quite out there yet. These are all great things. They're very interesting things, but that, that game changer is yet to come. And when people watch this stuff, that's where their brains should be going. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hollywood 2.0. You could contact me on Twitter at PeterKatz1. It's K-A-T-Z. And the song on this episode is Money from the band The Drums.